0: so glad that you're here thank you so much for being in the house of the lord a few really quick announcements as we get started this morning miss ladonna asked me to remind you um man wednesday is the cutoff if you're going to be bringing stuff for love lone grove day uh donations uh, clothing anything like that wednesday is the last day you can bring stuff Uh, she needs a few days to organize and sort and put things in place and so uh, if you would help us with that not bring anything after wednesday uh, that would be a huge blessing also uh, if you are cleaning out your closets and you have some hangers uh, for adult sized clothes uh, that would be a huge blessing as well she needs uh, a few more hangers to finish off what we have and uh and that would be really, really cool. There's also uh and I think I wrote it down wrong. Surely I wrote it down wrong. No, I remembered it wrong. I thought it was eighty-six. It
1: should be.
0: I have this dyslexia thing sometimes, right? There's this young couple uh, that's in our midst this morning. Haven't been able to be here for a few weeks because uh just sickness and an overall yuck that's going on um with with brother ronnie's body but there's this young couple uh by the name of ronnie and mary burns uh, that are with us this morning and they are celebrating today their 68th 68th wedding anniversary wow you guys are an inspiration to all of us you are an inspiration to all of us. Uh, I pray, I pray, I pray if the Lord should tarry that I'm able to put up with her for 68 years. I really do. So, Back at you. Amen. Amen. That's amazing. And you guys are, you're incredible. You're an incredible witness for all of us. And what a testimony. What a life. I need the ushers to come this morning. Why don't you guys stand with me this morning if you would please. We're going to worship the Lord. and We've got some something really special we're going to do this morning. As soon as we get done with worship, as soon as the Holy Spirit's done with us, we've got something really cool we want to do. And, yes. and uh, then we're going to preach the Word. I mean, oh, we need the Word. Yes. got to have the Word. Yes. Amen. Let me pray over the offering today, if you don't mind. Father, thank you. Uh, thank you for the blessed opportunity of giving into the building up of the kingdom of heaven. Father, I pray for this offering this morning. I'd ask that you'd bless it, that you'd use it, God caused the kingdom of heaven to be built up. Uh, God in many, many souls to be one because of it. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, let's get our worship on. Are y'all
1: ready to worship this morning? Woo!
0: On, there's no more powerful weapon. There's no stronger name. There's no greater, no greater power known to man than the name of Jesus. Come on, let's give him praise. Let's declare his honor. Come on all over this room today. Jesus, Jesus, we love you. King Jesus, we worship you. We adore you. We praise you, Lord. Give all the glory and the honor and the thanks today. Oh, you're worthy, King Jesus. In the name of Jesus, blinded eyes are open. In the name of Jesus, COVID is gone. In the name of Jesus, diabetes dries up. In the name of Jesus, every sickness, every infirmity, every demonic spirit must flee. At the name of Jesus, Jesus we don't declare our name we declare your name it's all about you Lord it's all about you God it's all about you sweet spirit of God we love you so
2: much Lord King Jesus King of kings and Lord of lords we worship you And we praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory.
0: Praise be under your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hila Oh. He's an amazing God, church. Worthy of all of our praise. Come on and give him a hand clap, an ovation of praise today. Amen. Turn and greet someone nearby. Tell them you love them today. How glad you are to see them. Amen. Man, it's good to see you guys this morning. Thank you for being here today. Um, I had to have help this morning, so I brought the the prettiest girl that I know uh, up to help me. Man, we love you guys. Yeah, you're going to be okay. Hush. It's going to be all right. Hey, we get to do something really cool this morning. Uh, One of our. our last blessings uh, in an official capacity as your pastors today uh, is to, to be able to do a baby dedication. Uh, one of the, the greatest honors that you have as, as pastor uh, is to be able to, to dedicate children onto the Lord. Amen. And uh, we were very honored, we were very blessed last week when Todd and Lindsay said, Pastor uh, Gary Sister Vonda, would you guys uh, dedicate little Mamie J to the Lord for us today? And so I'm going to ask Todd and Lindsay to come and bring that beautiful uh, Blakely kid. There's no denying who she belongs to. If you guys would just come and stand here at the front, right, right down there, that would be perfect. Turn that kid around and show her off to everybody, would you? <laughs> If you've seen Easton, you've seen Mamie J. She's gorgeous. She is gorgeous. A baby dedication, again, is a special privilege as a pastor. It's an opportunity for us to to pause and to just say thank you to the Lord for this precious gift that He's blessed you with. A baby dedication is also an opportunity to make a public declaration to our friends and our family members, the, the people that we attend church with, uh, of our devotion and our desire to uh, to dedicate this child and to, to make the declaration before friends and family of, of raising her in a Christian home. I believe a dedication of, of our children is a very special, very important biblical practice. If you'd remember with me today that it's in the, the Old Testament in the book of Samuel chapter 1 that... That it was Hannah that took young Samuel back to the temple to be dedicated to the Lord. If you'll remember again, she was, Hannah was, was barren and not able to bear a child. But she longed to be a mama. She, she longed to be a mother just one more time. and She made a promise to the Lord. She said, Lord, if you'll bless me with a kid, if you'll bless me with a baby, I'll dedicate that life back to the Lord. I believe it's very fitting today. Many of you may not know, but this little girl that stands before you today is a miracle baby. This couple wasn't supposed to be able to have any more babies. They tried and tried and just didn't seem to be happening. But you know what? God's got a plan. It's not always the doctor's plan and it's not always man's plan. So in like manner today, Todd and Lindsay are bringing this beautiful Mamie J., To be dedicated back to the Lord. Todd and Lindsay are a special part of our church family, obviously, but for Sister Vonda and I, they're they're a part of our family as well. Brody and Easton are my buddies. Brody, man, he's always quick to give me a, a NASCAR stat or a baseball stat or a football stat. And if you need to know some, you go to Brody because he knows them all. He has them memorized and he can tell you uh, exactly who's playing, where they're playing, and, and what their batting average is. He's amazing. Sister Vonda got to have Brody in, in her classroom and uh, she still wanted to be a teacher even after having Brody. Even more so. Even more so. Yes. Mr. Easton is, is pastor's little buddy. That little boy's got one of the most sensitive, pure hearts of any little boy that I've ever been around. He doesn't see Pastor Gary that he doesn't have to give me a hug and say, hey, Pastor Gary. I love these people. I love these people. I believe that Todd and Lindsay know and understand that God's blessed them. You're truly blessed of the Lord. God bless them with a healthy, beautiful miracle child. Miracle child. Today they come in form of a pledge to dedicate this baby back to the Lord. I remind you today as your pastor that the act of dedication is not done for the salvation of this child. She will reach the age of accountability at, at a certain point in her life where she understands right and wrong and, and she will be able to make that decision for herself. The dedication of this child is not for her salvation. It's just simply a... Lord, we're thanking you, and God, we want to dedicate her life back to you. I believe what we're actually saying in this time of dedication is that this baby is a gift from God. It came from above, and and what we really are doing today is acknowledging God, she doesn't belong to us, she belongs to you. The truth is, as as parents, we're only given the privilege to to train them. We're only given the privilege to, to hold them. We're only given the privilege to to have them as a part of our life. They don't belong to us, guys. They belong to the Lord. That's, right. That's the reason why I believe it's so important to remember that they belong to God and, and the way that we treat them and the way that we, we love our kids. Yes. The purpose of this time is, is to take what God has blessed this couple with, this beautiful baby girl, and to dedicate her back to the Lord. And I believe we do that today in the form of some pledges that we take. And the first pledge comes from it comes from you guys. It comes from the congregation. Those that are gathered here today and, and even those that are watching on Facebook. The grandparents, the aunts, the uncles, the brothers, the, the great-grandparents and the great-great-great-great-great-grandparents <laughs> that are gathered here today. It's you guys. That's right. As she grows, as she develops, as she matures, it's, it's you that she'll be watching Many of you one day may be her Sunday school teacher. You may be her stars or her rainbow teacher. You may be her, her children's pastor or you may even be her pastor one day. I don't know. The Lord does. But He, he wants us to recognize and realize as a congregation that, that this baby is going to be watching you. And so I ask you, if you will make a pledge to live your life in the very best way possible in front of this baby to to make an impact in her life and to bring glory to God, if if you're willing to live your life in that way and to set an example before her as Christ would lead you, if you would acknowledge that and respond simply by saying, "I I do. Thank you. The second pledge... Todd and Lindsay comes from me, Pastor Gary and Sister Vonda. I will continue to preach the Word of God uncompromisingly. I will continue to teach the Word of God without reservation in the fullness of its truth. I will be there for your family still anytime you need me. Distance does not change this dedication to you and our love for either one of you or your children or your family. We love you very much. But the third pledge, golly, what would you come up here and start crying for? (laughs) The third pledge, and quite honestly the most important pledge, comes from you guys, comes from Todd and Lindsay. It's going to be you guys that are there changing those precious little care packages that she blesses you with. It'll be you that's there to put the band-aids on her knees, to dry the tears, to answer the questions that you really don't have answers to. Todd, it'll be you that'll be there the first time that little hairy-legged boy comes to the house. It'll be you that'll be there to help pick out the prom dresses and one day the wedding dress. You'll be there on the first day of school and at graduation. You'll be there on the good days and the bad days. You're the primary ones. Your household will be the standard that Mamie J. will look for for a Christian home. In the Old Testament, the book of Deuteronomy, the instruction of the Lord to parents was this. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 7, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, He is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart, but you shall do more than just hide them in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk about them when you sit down in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. That means you guys as a family are going to teach her the Word of God. Amen. And of course we know what the book of Proverbs chapter 22 verse 6 says that we're supposed to train up our child in a way that she should go. And when she's old, she'll not depart from it. In the eyes of the Lord, there is a tremendous responsibility on being a parent. And if you'll take this pledge to keep picking that diaper up... <laughs> because she's going to throw it down again. (laughs) If you guys will make the pledge to live your lives in front of that beautiful baby in such a way that when she reaches that age of accountability, she'll just know that being a Christian is the right choice for her. If you'll make that pledge, if you'd please respond by saying we do. I'd like to ask any of the rest of the family that would like to come and, and pray with us. You guys, come on. and Brody, Easton, you guys for sure. Come on up here. Amen. All the family. All the body. I'm still boxing.
1: <laughs> wow. You want a prayer in your picture. We're going to pray. Oh, we're going to pray first,
0: okay? We're going yeah. to pray first. Don't we? Let's let's pray. Yes. Like you can handle that. You know what it's like to be at La La and pick thank up a kid? <laughs> oh, do I get a holder? Well, yeah. Oh, always you. <laughs> Hi baby, always... oh. You're beautiful. Yes, you are. Mm-hmm. Congregation, would you guys reach a hand this way and help us pray today, please? Father, we love you. We love you so much. God, I thank you for this family, I thank you for blessing them the way that you did. Lord, thank you for being with Lindsay when she was in the hospital after the delivery of this baby. God, your hand was upon her and opened her lungs up and brought her home. And God, your protection hedge was around and about them and blessed them. God, I pray that you continue to bless them. Bless this baby. Bless this entire family, Lord. God, raise her up strong and healthy and smart. Lord, I just pray right now that you help them in all that they do. God lead him and guide him and direct him that your glory and your name may be raised high. We love you Lord, we praise you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Amen
1: He's like, "Hey, I like that.
2: Let's come over here.
0: I'm going to give them a hand clap today. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Well, glory. You brought all this up here. Here, Don't give them that, but give them that. Thank you. You're awesome. Best wife I've had so far. Glory. Thought a lot about today. Thought a lot about this service. And if y'all don't get in here and help me preach, I'm going to jump right in the middle of every one of you. (laughs) I thought a lot about the past eight years, the things we've seen happen, the the progress and the changes that have taken place. I'd like to think that we did some good in eight years. I'd like to think that some of the changes that have happened have been for the good. Not not all of them. I recognize that. I realize that. But I'd like to think that that it's been for the good, because God causes all things to work for the good. <laughs> As I thought about today, I couldn't help but think about that first day. When I came to be your pastor nearly eight years ago, you people put me through the ringer. (laughs) I came that first Sunday morning, I preached a Sunday morning, I preached a Sunday night. I came back, I preached a Wednesday night. I preached the next Sunday morning. I preached the next Sunday night. I preached five times. Y'all wanted to make sure who I was before you elected me as your pastor. And I appreciate that. Because I'm telling you what, it gave me five times to check y'all out too. I remember starting that first Sunday and I told you that to get to know somebody, To really know who a person is, you need to know what it is they believe in. You need to know what it is they stand for. You need to know what it is that's really at the core and at the the root of who they are. And I got to thinking about this, this opening of this service today. Before I preach the Word, I'm going to preach a little bit. Because you need to know that after eight years, I'm still in the same guy. I'm still the same Gary Dotson that I was eight years ago. Oh, I've got a whole lot more gray in my hair right now. And I've got a few more pounds on my round right now. But I'm still the same Gary Dotson at the core of who I was then. And I still believe what I've always believed. What do you believe today, Pastor? Well, I believe in a man named Jesus. I believe that that he was born of a virgin just like prophecy foretold. I believe that he lived a life that was without sin. I believe that he performed many miracles and signs and wonders. I believe that he raised the dead. I believe he said, Lazarus come forth and Lazarus come out of that tomb. I believe that he cast out demonic spirits. I believe that he opened blinded eyes. I believe he caused the lame to walk again. I believe that he performed miracles and signs and wonders. I believe that he was tempted by the devil in the wilderness, but he overcame because he was the word of God and he declared, it is written. I believe that he is the true and living son of God. I believe that he came to rescue, to seek and to save that which was lost. Uh, I believe that he was wrongly accused. I believe that he was falsely tried. Uh, I believe that he was arrested. Uh, I believe that he was uh, strapped to a whipping post. Uh, I believe he took stripes upon his body so that we might have healing in ours. Uh, I believe that he was marched up a road called the Via Della Rosa. I believe that he was strapped To a cross and nailed to that cross, and and there he breathed his last breath, and there he died. I believe that he was taken down, and he was placed in a borrowed tomb. I believe the devil rejoiced and thought that he was going to have a big old party. But I also believe that the three days that he laid in that tomb, that he went into hell uh, and he took back the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Uh, I believe that he stomped on the head of the serpent. Uh, I believe he overcame the death, hell, and the grave. Uh, I believe that he's alive. Uh, I believe on the third day he got up again. Uh, I believe that right now he's seated at the right hand of God the Father. I believe his promise to me, Jerry, was I'm going to go away and prepare a place that where I am, there you may be also. He said, surely if I go away, I'm going to come again. And I believe soon and very soon that he's gonna come through the clouds just as he promised. Uh, I believe that he's gonna reappear just as he disappeared. Uh, And I believe without a shadow of a doubt that graves are gonna bust open, that the dead in Christ are gonna get up first. uh, And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them, thus to be with the Lord forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Uh, That's what I believe today. That's what I've always believed, and that's what I'm always going to believe. He made me a promise, and he kept every line, every jot, every tittle. He did everything he said he was going to do, and he's not going to start lying to us now, church. So therefore, he's worthy of my praise. He's worthy of all the glory. He's worthy of all the honor. And we're not here of our own accord. We're here to celebrate the King of glory today. So join me one more time right there where you're seated and let's give God praise. Come on, let's give him praise. Father, we love you. God, we praise you. God, we exalt you. God, it's always all about you. Love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. How many believe today God's got a plan? How many believe today His plan's better than yours? His plan's not your plan and His plan's not my plan. His plan is a higher plan than our plan. Amen? I believe the world we live in is a, is a place filled with, with things that are uncertain and we never know what tomorrow's going to bring. Can I get a witness? My heart's been stirred a lot here lately with, with the idea of the uncertainty of the world we're living in. It, it seems as if every day we, we hear on the news or we read a story or we read a, an article about some event that's happened where, where someone stepped off to, into eternity that, that wasn't expecting to step off into eternity. We, we never will forget as a nation, we never will forget the, the day of 9-11 when those, those planes begin to fly into those buildings and, and all of those souls that, that were lost on that day, those people that were on the airplane that died that day and those that were in those towers that died that day. Uh, we, we are often reminded with, with images or memories that come flooding in. Many of us in this room today can, can think back to that fateful day and, and remember exactly where you were and remember exactly what was going on. I know for generations before us, they could remember the assassination of Kennedy, but, but for us, it's the, the reminder of 9-11. Those people went to work that day expecting to go home exactly as they'd gone to work that day and, and see their family and kiss their babies and love their wife and, and have a meal and, and just do life, Right? but they stepped off into an eternity of an uncertainty because uh, they, they didn't know what their day was going to hold. Friend, hear your pastor today. This world is still a place filled with uncertainty. The reality things are happening every day that we're not expecting. Church, we're living in a day and a time when we need to be ready to step off into an eternity in a moment's notice because we never know. We never know. I've shared with you so many times before that the enemy, the enemy of your soul has a plan, right? He's out to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He's, he's out to do everything, use every tool in his arsenal to, do, to destroy your relationship with Almighty God. He wants to destroy God's plan over your life. I know that for many of us here, we can uh, look at what's happening in the world and we can recognize and realize, surely the return of the Lord is near at hand. Church, can I tell you, if you know Jesus is returning quickly, then the old devil knows that the the Lord is returning quickly. And so he's going to be ever-increasing his attack. He's going to be ever-increasing his launch of warfare against God's people. He wants you to quit. He wants you to throw in the towel. He wants you to give up. He wants you to stop doing and living for Almighty God. I know there's people in this room today that feel like the devil has launched all of hell against you personally. Friend, let me tell you today, I want to give you a word of encouragement. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't stop your pursuit of God. Don't stop trying to live out God's plan for your life. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Keep pressing in. Don't stop running and living for God. For the fact of the matter is, as sure as the devil's got a plan, Father God, why'd I even put this
2: on? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got to be me all the time. <laughs> Just as sure as the devil's got a plan to come against you, you need to hear me today. God's got a plan of good in your life. God's got a plan of good in your life. The fact of the matter is the devil come to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. The God's plan for your life is blessing. God's plan for your life is good. Have you, has God ever done anything bad to you? I can't imagine anybody who could ever respond to that question by saying yes, because God is a good God. He's the God of love and mercy and grace and peace and hope and encouragement not a God of destruction, not a God of devastation, not a God of discouragement, not a God of depression. He wants you to smile and to be happy today. God wants to bless you. He wants you to be the head and not the tail. He wants you blessed going out and coming back in. God wants you blessed rising up and lying back down. God's got a plan for your life, church, and it's a good plan. What I believe we need to do is to to get a hold of the plan of God and walk in that baby every day. We need to get the plan of God in operation in our lives and walk it out every day of our lives. Find your Bibles. I want to talk to you this morning about walking in God's plan. (coughs) Excuse me. We're going to the book of Jeremiah. Imagine that. Chapter 29. Excuse me. I want to begin in verse 11. Excuse me. <laughs> this is my last service. I'm going to preach about six hours. <laughs> take all the time I want to take. Uh, <coughs> I swallowed a fly. Did y'all see it flying around up here a minute ago? Uh, uh, Father God. <coughs> Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. The Lord says, For I know the thoughts or the plans that I think towards you, says the Lord. Yes. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and you will Find me when you search for me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you into the place which I caused you to be carried away captive. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for your word. God, thank you today for your plan. God, have your way in this meeting Lord, leave nothing undone that you want to do. God, we're honored that your presence, your very Shekinah glory is here with us today. Lord, leave nothing undone, please, that you want to do. And God, may you be the one that's glorified and praised for it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap, please, together one more time. I'm a believer today that God has a plan. If you don't hear much else, I say today, please get a hold of this. God's got a plan for this church. That was a place for a great amen to take place. God's got a plan for this church. Oh, I don't see the plan right now, Pastor. Well, hang on to your hat just a minute, friend. We're going to get a hold of God's plan, and we're going to see it, and we're going to follow it. Amen? God's got a plan for us collectively as a church, and God's got a plan for us as an individual today as well. I've been taught my entire life from the time that I was a a small child. In order to be successful in anything you do, you need to have a plan. I said you need to have a plan. I was taught by my mama and my daddy. It was ingrained into me. If you're going to do something before you ever start out to do it, you better have a plan on what you're going to do because if you just go off all helter-skelter trying to get something done, by the time you arrive at your destination trying to fulfill what you think the plan is, you're going to fall apart. I can't tell you how many times dad would say, hey, we're going to go coon hunting and we're going to set out trot lines and we're going to stay all night and we'll get up the next morning, we'll come home after we've, we've run lines and we've, we've hunted all night long and no walker dogs, but we're, we're going to hunt all night long and, and we're going to have a good time. And we'd plan that for the weekend and I'd come home from school and there'd be trot lines strung up all over the front yard of the house. And I'd be like, Dude, there's not any fish out here in the front yard, Dad. What was Daddy doing? He was checking them hooks on that trot line. He was making sure they're sharp. He was making sure the cords were still good. He was retying hooks where they needed to be retied. He was replacing hooks that needed to be replaced. By the time Friday evening rolled around, the pickup truck was loaded with fresh trot lines. It had bologna and cheese sandwiches ready to go. Glory. Y'all always get happy when I preach food. Coon dogs was loaded and we'd hit deep fork bottom and, and them dogs would get unloaded and we'd go set out trot lines and we'd fish all night long and them big old flatheads would slap them limb lines to the ground and ooh man, it was fun. Yep. We were successful because we had made a plan ahead of time. And then we'd get home Saturday morning and daddy'd go to cleaning fish and mama'd have grease going in the kitchen, hallelujah. I didn't get to looking like this without grease. She'd fry them catfish to perfection all because we had a plan to start with. Here you pastor this morning, I still live my life by having a plan. I've told you on countless occasions on my desk, in my office, at any given moment, there's a list of things that I have to do uh, throughout my week or throughout my day. On my cell phone, there's a today list and there's a someday list. And if I do something that's not on that list, I am so uh, over-the-top crazy about making lists that I'll write it down on the list just so I can scratch it off the list. It's important to have a plan. The building that you're setting in today was built because there was a plan. People didn't show up one day and say, oh, you know what I think we ought to do is put the sheetrock up first and then we'll put the walls around it. No, they put the walls up first. They laid the foundation. They, they, they had a process and they had a plan by which it went together to build the building. One of the things that I've learned throughout my life is we have a plan and then God's got a plan. How many know there's a big difference between our plan and God's plan? We need to get a hold of God's plan and reject our own plan. How many agree with that today? I remember... So many years ago, when Sister Vonda and I were first called into full-time ministry, we'd just bought 20 acres out in the country at Porter, Oklahoma, and we were living high on the hog, or at least we thought we were. Vonda was working as a travel agent. I worked for Dresser Rand. I, we didn't have any kids at that particular time, and uh, we, were, we were just living life, living life, living life. We were going to church. I was serving as a deacon. She was uh, uh, working in the church and and teaching class. And we were working with the young adults. And we were doing everything we could do to to get our hands busy for the kingdom of heaven. And I thought, Lord, this is great. This is the plan. I want to live out this plan. And then I messed up and went on a mission trip. And the Lord began to poke me in the heart and say, You remember when you were in the seventh grade and I called you? Can you remember whenever you were in the altar at Exciting Eastwood Baptist School and, and I called you to be a minister of my gospel? Do you remember that day? Can you remember that far back, Gary? Yeah, Lord, I remember that. Well, my calling is without reproach. That means if I called you, you're still called, Bubba. Amen. Okay, God, what's that mean? Well, there's this church in Kyoto, Oklahoma that needs a pastor. There's... There's this church. Gary, I'm calling you to do more than just than to be a deacon. I'm calling you into full-time ministry. <laughs> and I remember going to Vonda and saying, Hey, honey, God's calling me into full-time ministry, which means, oh, by the way, you're called too. Her response to me in that moment was, Gary, I don't want to go to Africa. Don't want to go to Africa. I remember so vividly, Brother Chasten, thinking, God. I, I'm not very smart. I'm I'm not a smart man. God, I can't talk very well. And when I do, people don't respond. God, I can't I can't talk well. I'm not very educated. But, God, I've got two strong hands. And God, I've got a strong back, and if you want me to, to go and, and construct churches all over the world, then Lord, I'll go construct churches all over the world. God, I'll be happy to do that. And God said, <laughs> I don't think you're listening, dude. I don't think you got it. I didn't call you to go build churches. I called you to, to preach my word. With my calling comes my equipping. With my calling comes my anointing. If you'll simply follow my plan. But God, what about this 20 acres here? I mean, Lord, you know because you grew them and put them back there. But there's deer that walk up in the backyard, dude. I can shoot them off the back porch, God. God. Surely you don't want me to give up my house. Surely you don't want me to give up my property. Surely, surely you don't want me to leave all that stuff. Come, on. Yeah. Come The Lord said, um, I still don't think you're getting it. I, I still don't think it's registering with you. And so I began to go to school, and I began to work on my credentials. And a year after that, I was the associate pastor in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. And a year after that, I was the pastor at Kyoto Assembly of God. And I thought, man, God, I've given up so much. God, I'm forsaking my plan for your plan. And what I discovered was the moment that I said, God, I want your plan over my plan, my life got so much better than it ever could have been. We struggle and we wrestle with God over our plans. We tell God what our plans are. And I think sometimes God goes, yeah, you're not listening. Are you listening, Spike? You're not listening. It's not registering. Obviously, it's not getting from my voice to your heart. When I was a kid, ooh, Lordy, I got preaching me today. When I was a kid growing up, my daddy would tell me to do something and he'd say, sons, you hear me? Are you listening? And I'd say, I heard you, Dad. Hearing and listening are two entirely different things. You can hear what somebody says, but to listen means you take it to heart and you take action to do what you've listened to. Sometimes we hear God's plan, but we're not listening to God's plan. And we want to do our plan. God, I want you to bless my mess. God, I want you to bless my plan. God, I want you to to bless what I think is the plan ought to be. All the time God's calling us to something entirely different and we're making excuses to God all along why we can't. In recent days I've told you guys that the Lord had had called me to be an alarm sounder. And and I believe that with all my heart. Sometimes he's got to box your ears and wake you up in the middle of the night to get your attention <laughs> I can tell you, I have tried for the last eight years as your pastor to make every service I preach to you to be a revival service. Amen. I've tried to preach to you as if I was an evangelist. Yeah. Why? Because I've always felt this strong unction and this strong calling on my life to evangelism to be an evangelism. Paul told Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. Yeah. And I got a hold of that scripture a long time ago and I've held on to it. Yeah. But for many, many years in my life now, I've made excuses to God why I couldn't do his plan. God, I'm just a little, just a little country boy from the backside of the desert. <laughs> Nobody knows me, God. Nobody knows my name. Nobody knows Gary Dodson. Nobody's ever heard me preach. I don't have any high-name friends. I don't, I'm not a traveling evangelist who charges a price up front even to come to your door. Nobody knows me, Lord. Lord, I can't be an evangelist. Who am I going to call? And God said, Gary, you're not listening. <laughs> this is my plan. Church, I'm going to do everything in my power. I'm tired of telling God why I can't. What I discovered whenever I, I gave in to his plan uh, the first time and became a pastor and began to preach the word of God uh, to as many people in many places as I possibly could was that God blessed me greater than I ever could have been blessed trying to do it on my own. And so if I don't follow God's plan uh, for our life, for my family, then guess what? I'm not going to find out what God can do. I may get out there and fall flat on my face, but I can promise you this God will never fall flat on his face. And just as sure as God's got a plan for me, God's got a plan for you as well.
2: God's got a plan for this church. God's got a plan for this church. This
0: church has been my heartbeat. I have bled, I have sweat, I have cried. I have done everything that I thought God would have me to do. There's stuff that you people have no clue as to it's happened or how it happened or the many times that Gary Cook made me bleed. I pray for your new pastor ahead of time, whoever that may be. If they work with him, they've got hard hat and safety equipment in operation. Gary's an amazing man who'll do anything to help anybody. He's a little klutzy, but he's an amazing man. He's, he's good. He's good. God's got a plan. I cannot believe that God would, would release and God would allow me and my family to have the peace that we have if God didn't already have a plan in place if it wasn't already in order and it wasn't already the way God wanted it to be. I believe our position as individuals and our position as a church collectively is to walk out God's plan every day of our lives. Father, forgive me for the time that I've neglected walking His plan. Some things I want to share with you today about walking in God's plan. How do we walk in God's plan? First, we've got to discover God's plan. We've got to have a discovery of God's plan. Look with me at verse 11. Verse 11 says, For I know the thoughts or I know the plans that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Praise God today. How many know that God's got a plan for all of us this morning? Can I tell you something, friend? You can't walk God's plan until you discover what God's plan is for you. Man, God, I really want to do your plan. God, I really want your will. I really want your provision for my life. Sure don't know what that is. You know, people go throughout their entire life wandering. 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 Wandering from job to job, wandering from marriage to marriage, wandering from place to place, wandering from church to church, wandering from person to person, wandering from friendship to friendship, all trying to discover what God's plan is. People go through their entire life going to counselors. Well, if I could just have somebody tell me, oh, I want to go to my guidance counselor in high school and they can tell me what my career is supposed to be for the rest of my life. Man, you don't even know how to put gasoline in your car yet. How in the world are you supposed to know what God's for your, the plan for your life's supposed to be? Vonda right. and I were, were laughing and talking this weekend. We were, we were in full-time ministry and working and trying to do for the Lord and 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 she began to, have to substitute teach to supplement our income. And, and so she started going in as a, a school teacher and filling in different places. And guess what? She fell in love with being a school teacher. Right. That's, for those of you that don't know, I know there's some school teachers in this room. For those of you that don't know, though, the reality is, is that being a school teacher is a ministry just as much as the guy standing in the pulpit. That's a ministry and that's a calling that, that God placed upon her heart. And I remember her coming to me and saying, Gary, I know God's called us to, to be pastors. I know God's called us to, to minister his word, but, but I really feel this longing in my heart to, to go back to school. She was 49 years old when she went back to school. Oh, you were not, okay. First time I brought her home to meet my mama and daddy, and the next day, Mama said, Son, I don't know who that woman was, but she sure looks a lot older than you. <laughs> her and Mama always got along really well. <laughs> Over my dead body. I brought her home and said, We got engaged. I asked her to marry me this weekend. She said, Yes. And Mama said, Over my dead body. Yeah. Close, man. they close. I'm telling you, they're close yeah you were. I remember so vividly her saying, "I want to go back to school and and she went back and got her education. She went to, to college right out of high school. Uh, she went to college down in Florida actually to be a travel agent to learn the trade and to, to understand what to do and how to how to sell hotel rooms and and cruises and all that stuff back when you had to actually go to a, a travel agent instead of booking it online, she, she worked in an office and that's what she did, but, but she had something bigger that she wanted to do. Yeah. She had prayed about it, she had, she had thought about it, she felt God's calling to do that. and so she went back to school. And what she discovered was when she went back to school at a older age, older age. thank you, I wanted to get your approval on what I was going to say. When she went back to school at an elevated age, (laughs) what actually happened was she was a better student because she was ready to learn something. Not fresh out of high school where you think you know everything. She discovered her plan to be a teacher that God had for her. Can I tell you, we can't walk out God's plan until we discover what God's plan is. We can't be who God's called us to be until we spend time talking to him and finding out what he wants us to be. I believe there's a variety of ways that God will reveal his plan to us. One of the ways I believe God reveals his plan is through his word. Psalms 119 verse 105 says, the word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Friend, if you're not in the word, how are you going to figure out what God wants for you? Spend time reading your Bibles, church. Spend time reading your Bibles. We talked in Sunday school class this morning about the temptation of Christ in the wilderness. Listen, he was the embodiment of the Word. Uh, The Word was with us and the Word was, was real. His name was Jesus. He's the Word of God. And so he was able to do combat with the enemy and repeat to him over and over, it is written, it is written, it is written. Guess what? You and I are not the embodiment of the Word of God. So we need to study the Word of God to show ourselves approved. Get a hold of it and read it. Digest it and let it be a lamp and a light so that we're illuminated and know the path that he would have us to walk. God, what's your plan? It's found in the Word. Another way God reveals his plan is through the Holy Spirit. It says, however, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he'll tell you about things to come. What's your pastor tell you? What your pastor told you for eight years, you need to be spirit-filled and you need to be spirit-led. We want God's plan. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, guide you, and direct you into his plan. God reveals his plan through prayers and petitions daily. Jesus says in Luke 11 and 9, So I say to you, ask and it'll be given. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it'll be open. For everyone who asks receives, and to him who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Listen, you don't know what God's plan for your life is unless you say, hey, ho. Oh, Christian kids got sold. Man, y'all should have been some of them kids camp we went to. God, what you plan for my life? I think sometimes we really don't want to know, so we don't ask him. Come on. Hey, Lord, peace. How you doing? Let let me talk to you about the weather. God, we really need some rain. Lord, let me talk to you about the weather. We we, we really need to cool off a little bit. God, let me talk to you about my, my sick Aunt Sally on my mama's side. God, let's don't talk about the plan you've got for my life cuz that might mess me all up. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Spend time reading his word. Spend time listening to the Holy Ghost and spend time talking to him. God, what's the plan? What's the path? What's the direction it had me to go? Uh, but here's the good news. God's not hiding his plan for us. He wants us to know what it is. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to be blessed. Uh, uh, the only, he knows that it can only come through his plan. And in Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3, he says, Call to me. Hey, Lord. Call to me and I'll answer you and I'll show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Listen, friend, if we'll simply call to the Lord, he'll answer us and show us the plan. How do we walk in God's plan? Well, it begins through a discovery of God's plan. Another way we walk in God's plan is by having a desire for God's plan. Look at verses 11 through 13. Verse 11 again says, For I know... The thoughts I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I'll listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I'll be found by you, says the Lord. Praise God. How many believe his plan is the very best plan? His plan is so much better than your plan and His plan is so much better than my plan. We've got to have a desire for that plan. Listen, you can know what the plan is and still not have a desire for it. Are you here? Please don't fall apart on me. I need you about 35 and a half more minutes. We can know what the plan is and still not want to do it. Still not have a desire for it. God, you told me that you called me to do this. God, you let me know that this was the path. God, you let me know through time of prayer and the Holy Spirit that this was the direction you wanted me to go. But God, I really, really, really don't want to do that. We've got to have a desire for it. His plan is to bless you, church. His plan is to do good things for you. His plan is to bless you going out and coming back in. His plan is a plan of peace and a hope and a future. Listen, his word reveals his plan. Too many are the plans of a man's heart. Proverbs 19 and 21 says, there are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel will stand. The Lord's plan is the one that's going to come to pass. Proverbs 14 and 12 says there's a way or there's a plan that seems right to man, but its end is the way of death. Praise God. His plan is not the way of death. His plan is one of life. Again, plan of a hope and a future, a plan to bless us, a plan to give us direction, a plan of favor upon our life. As we go about our life, there there are a lot of stuff that we desire. Some of you are already desiring the the Mexican foods you're going to have after service today. Some of you are already desiring the good food that comes from Interurban right after service is over today. And some of you are desiring more help at Interurban so that you don't have to be there all the time. Some of you are desiring for your new restaurant to open. Some of you are desiring for Ed McMahon to show up at your house with one of them big giant checks. (laughs) Some of us are desiring to, just to feel better. We've got all these different directions. We've got all these different plans. We've got all this stuff we desire. Our houses, our cars, our toys. And we work so hard to try to achieve all that stuff. We, we have such a strong desire for junk. 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 <laughs> Did I tell y'all i married a hoarder? Hoarder. 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 That's a person who accumulates a bunch of junk. A hoarder. We've been trying to pack up stuff and get ready to move and all that kind of stuff over the last few days. Friends, let me tell you something. You really don't know how much junk you've got until you decide you're going to move to another location. You really don't know how much junk your wife has until you decide you're going. Okay, maybe I had some too. I I realized that I had... I had four ladder stands. I realized I had four hanging on stands. I realized that, yeah, that's the right numbers. I realized I had a big giant ground blind. I realized I had four pop-up blinds. I realized I had all this hunting equipment that, are you bored? Are you bored? You don't talk about shoes for a little bit. Those are needed. Order. We had six truckloads of just shoes. Yes, ma'am. And the reality of it is where it really ought to go is to the front yard and light a match. <laughs> Set it on fire. Because hear me, on. one day, on. that's exactly what's going to happen, all that stuff. You've heard me say a gazillion times, the things of this old world are going to rust and rot and blow away. But the things of God, those are the things that are eternal. Those are the things that are going to last forever. So where do we put our value? Where do we put our desire? Where do we put our hunger? God, I want your plan over my plan. God, I want your things over my things because this old stuff is just material stuff that really doesn't add up to nothing. Many people walk away from God's plan simply because it's not their greatest desire. We'll never succeed and we'll never truly be happy. You'll never know what real happiness is about until you adopt God's plan and desire it with all that you are. How do we walk in God's plan? Well, we've got to discover it. We've got to desire it and... Oh, there's got to be one more D. We've got to be dedicated to it. Verse 14, and the word of the Lord says, I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I'll bring you back from your captivity. I'll gather you from all the nations, from all the places where I've driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you to the place from which I caused you to be carried away captive. That scripture is being fulfilled before our very eyes. The nation of Israel is being gathered back together in their promised land. But how it applies to us today is, simply speaks to dedication. See, God is a God of dedication. I believe God honors dedicated people. God the Father was dedicated when he searched heaven out to find uh, the perfect sacrifice, the perfect lamb without spot or blemish. God the Father was dedicated when he said, I'll send my only begotten son because I love them so much. God the Son was dedicated to the plan when he agreed and said, Lord, I'll be a willing participant. I'll be glad to go and become a sacrifice, a one-time gift, a one-time sacrifice that will cover the sins for mankind forever and ever and ever. God, the Holy Spirit was dedicated. He is dedicated when he takes up residence alive inside of you and I every day and he speaks to you and he guides you and he directs you. Friend, that takes true dedication to walk through some of the storms that we go through in our life and for the Holy Spirit to continue to abide within us. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost are all dedicated and they will respond to our dedication in return as well. The sad truth is is that dedication is hard to find in the world we live in today. It's not seen in homes or families. It's not seen in the workplace. Uh, most people are dedicated right up until the time it gets tough. We're dedicated right up to the place where it gets kind of hard and things begin to rub us the wrong way or we don't get our way or things don't, don't go according to what we think the plan ought to be. Then what we do is we'll pick up our dollies and we're going home. Let me break it down for you. That hurts your feelings. Let me say it a little nicer. We're dedicated to that diet right up into the point where we can't eat Oreos and milk anymore at bedtime. Ain't nobody got time for no diet, especially if it cuts out the Oreos. I think they're made right there in heaven and sent down to us. What were the ones you brought home the other day for me that they were snack cake Oreos? Oh, (laughs) glory. It'll make you get the chicken neck. I mean, man, that's good stuff. I'll get back to the word. I got you, honey. I got you. I got you. I'm dedicated to that diet right up until the time that that it's bedtime and I'm like, oh, I'd really like a glass of milk and some cookies. I don't, man, one time in my life it was ice cream, but milk and cookies. Woo, look out. We're dedicated to that marriage right up until the time that, you know, we trade in that 50 for 225s. I gave you a little grace there, didn't I? <laughs> We're dedicated to exercise. Oh, I need to lose weight. I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to ride that exercise bike. I'm going to walk that treadmill. I'm going to start pumping iron. Uh-huh. Right up until the time that first bead of sweat pops out on my forehead. Yes. Then I'm done with that. Y'all liked that, didn't you? We can be really dedicated to God's plan for our life right up into the point that we have to say goodbye to people we love.
2: God, I know what your plan is, but I really don't want to do it. God, I know what you want. I know what you're saying. I've heard your voice as clear as I've ever heard you. But God... Where am I going to have another Brother Hubert at? Where's there going to be another Ron and Carol? God, do you know how long it took me to find the perfect youth pastor? Lord, I I know what you're saying, but doggone it. Gary. Are you listening? Are you listening? Do you want me to bless them? Do you want me to bless you? Walk in my plan. Right. In That's it. That's
0: right. Ah. Uh, said I wasn't gonna do this. I love y'all so much. I love y'all so much. You've got to be as dedicated to God's plan for your life as I'm trying to be. I left out Marla and Dave. Faith and Alan. I could
2: go around the room. Uh, What's
0: dedication mean? What's dedication even look like? Jesus said it wouldn't be easy if we're dedicated. People will hate us because of it. But if we'll endure, if we'll endure. I believe the most important thing we can do in our life is discover God's plan, have a strong desire for God's plan, and then dedicate everything we do to that plan. God, this is what it is. This is what I want. God, I don't care what gets in my way. I'm going to walk that out every day. It's pretty simple preaching. But it's pretty powerful as well. Sister Julie, Brother Dennis, would you guys come today, please? And help your pastor one more time. Would you stand with me today, congregation? All across this room,
2: Uh,
0: I want to pray with you, Precious Father. Father, I love you so much. God, I desire your plan over anything else. God, I desire your plan over anything else. You've always, you've always shown me, Lord, that if I'll just do the plan, if I'll just follow your will, and Lord, you'll bless it in a way that just absolutely boggles my mind. God, you've never failed to do that. You've never failed to do that. <laughs> God, I desire your plan over anything else. And I dedicate my life to that. Now, God, I pray over my brothers and my sisters, these these that are gathered here in this room today. Lord, may we all, each and every one, walk out your plan every day. God, may we we enter heaven and we, we find one another. We look each other in the eye and we say, listen, we made it. We walked out God's plan. Look where we made it to because we walked out your plan. Oh, what a homecoming. Oh, what a celebration. Oh, what rejoicing that we lived out your plan every day. Lord, have your way right now. In Jesus' name. Please with eyes closed and heads bowed just for a second if you're in this room this morning and you don't even have a clue as to what God's plan is friend the beginning step is by knowing Him as Savior the beginning step is by knowing Him as Lord over your life you know He wants to be more than just your get out of hell free card He wants to be more than just your Savior He wants to be Lord over your life as well That means he's the one who gets to make the decisions. He's the Lord. Maybe you got a hold of that get out of hell free card, but you need to make him Lord today. Maybe you need to accept him as Lord and Savior. If you're in this room today and you'd say, Pastor, that's me. I need Jesus to save my very soul. I'm going to ask you to simply lift your hand. I want to pray with you. Come on, anywhere in this room. Pastor, that's me. ask you this do you want God's plan in your life more than anything else then let's take some time today spend it in prayer either come and find you a place here at the front of the church fill these altars today or spend time praying in your pew I don't care it's between you and the Lord but please friends Please don't leave until you talk to the Lord about your plant. God bless you as you pray.
1: I will sing of your goodness I will sing of your love Though the seasons come quickly You have always been in love. Though the night Though the waiting seems long, you have always been faithful to remind me of your love. And you are good. In the morning I sing you are good. In the evening I sing you are good. keep on getting better you are good in the morning I'll sing you are good in the evening
0: my last slide please we truly love you guys you need us you let us know I'm going to pray over you and I'm going to believe amazing things for this church for you for God's plan let's pray Father we love you so much You're an amazing God. And God, the plans you have for us are for good and not evil. They're for a hope and for a future. They're for blessing and not a curse. God, walk with us today. God, walk with these these people. Lord, I'm asking you to bring us back together tonight. Lord, there's going to be a good word that's preached in this house tonight. And God, I'm asking you to come and to, to minister to these people. Lord, bless them and use them for the glory of your kingdom and bless everything they lay their hands to do that heaven may be full to overflowing and that hell may be emptied out. Lord, we love you. God, we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys. God bless you.